Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. Never once did he leave us on our own. Although I know it sure felt like he has at times, hasn't it? He promises to never leave us. He promises to never forsake us. And man, we gotta, gotta believe that even when it's hard sometimes because we can't make it through this life victoriously without the Lord. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did he leave us on our own. You are faithful, God you are faithful. And I like that line, every victory is his power in us. Amen? It's not ours. Every victory is his power in us. Let's remember that. The Bible says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to them what the Bible says. The New Living Translation at verse reads, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and that good is evil. You know, we're living in a world today where international heroes and superstars in sports, music, movies, you name it, a lot of them are living their lives complete opposition to biblical principles and yet they're considered heroes. They're considered stars. They're being idolized by millions of people worldwide. And I think, does anyone else think the world's gone mad? I mean, come on. The world seems to have lapsed into some kind of spiritual coma and forgot all about words like holy and godly and pure and righteous. And has left behind God-given and time-honored moral values and principles. Have, have you noticed that? Our culture is being deceived. It's being led astray by the schemes and strategies and agenda of the enemy of our souls, the devil, old slewfoot, some call him, Satan and his demons, the evil one himself. You know, there's a lot of people, even in the church, don't believe in demons. And, uh, you know, if I was a demon, I'm not, but if I was, I wouldn't want you to believe in me either. Because I could torment you and pick on you and, and, and do my little dirty stuff with you and, and you're going to blame somebody else. But uh, I hope you believe demons are real. Uh, and we need God's protection against the evil one because he's sneaky, he's slick, and he knows how and he knows when to attack us. So the title of this morning's message is Deliver Us from the Evil One. We've got a verse in Matthew 6, John chapter 17, and Hebrews chapter 7. So, Lord, right now we want to hear from you. Bob's got nothing important to say, but, but I hope you're going to speak through him and just speak to us and, and give us a word from heaven. Give us a, a word from your throne that we need today for every one of us that are here today, that we need to hear this, Lord. Your word doesn't go out and return void. It accomplishes what you purpose it for. So I pray that today over your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woe to those 
who call evil good and good evil. That's from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 5 of Isaiah, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and call good evil. We're living in those days, right? We're living in those days. If you don't believe me, turn on the world news for five minutes, tops, or even the local news anymore. Or read about it online or on your phone. It's all, all around us. That whole verse in Isaiah 5, verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. We all know people like that, don't we? Maybe we're people like that. I don't know. I hope not. Maybe we are. But people are confused. Man, are people confused today and deceived. Leaders of nations including our own nation, people in other positions of leadership in government, business, education, entertainment, you name it. They're confused and deceived and calling evil good. And they're calling what is good evil. And God's word says, woe to them. What sorrow there is for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. So let's, let's not call evil good, okay? And let's never, never, never call good evil. The evil one has been working overtime. And, and the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 that he prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He doesn't want to just give us a bad day. He's seeking someone to devour. That someone is you, and that someone is me, and that someone is our kids and, and our grandkids. And it's a battle for the souls of our loved ones. And we can't defeat him in our own strength. We need the Lord to defeat him. And we need the Lord to deliver us from the evil one. That's how Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew's gospel, in chapter 6. That's part of what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. It would be more accurate to call it the, the believer's prayer. Because Jesus never had to pray it. But we sure, we sure do. We need to be praying that prayer every day. And we went over this prayer verse by verse quite a while ago. It took several weeks, but uh, I want us to just focus on one verse from that chapter this morning. So let's look at Matthew 6, verse 13. And Jesus, this is Jesus' model prayer for us. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, God will allow us to be tested, but he never tempts us. And there's a difference between being tested and being tempted. There's a passage in, in the book of James in chapter 1. It's not on the screen, but listen to this. James 1, verse 13, 14, and 15. James tells us, And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. You hear that? He never, never, never tempts anyone else. That's not Bob's word. That's, that's God's word. And listen to the next verse. Don't miss this one. Temptation comes from our own desires. Temptation comes from our own desires. See, we can't be like Flip Wilson and say, the devil made me do it. Some of you know who I'm talking about, but we like to blame a lot of stuff on the devil. I think we give him too much credit sometimes. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us, and then drag us away. It keeps going. Follow this sequence. These desires give birth to sinful actions. 
and then it gets worse. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It may lead to actual physical death, some of our sinful actions. But even if it doesn't kill us physically, it always leads to spiritual death. You see how serious this temptation stuff is? But we've got to remember, temptation is, is not a sin. Given into it is, but temptation, because Jesus was tempted in every way like we are. Remember when he was out in the desert with the, with the devil? It's called the temptation of Jesus, and he's being tempted by the devil. But he never gave into it. And oh man, the evil one is slick. He lures us, he tempts us gradually. Not, it's not all at once, but it's little by little. Well, this won't hurt. Well, that's okay. I'll only do it once, blah, blah, blah. And we keep going and going and going. And before we know it, we're way, way far off from the path that God has for us. There's that kid's song, Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. That's not just a kid's song, okay? It's for all of us. That's for all of us. The evil one is constantly tempting us to sin in order to destroy the relationship we have with God or the relationship we have with others, right? Got to remember, his game plan is always, always, always steal, kill, destroy. Steal, kill, destroy. But God has plans and purposes for our good. His plans, he's not a killjoy. A lot of people say, ah, it's all a bunch of rules and regulations. Don't do this, do this. He's not a killjoy. He wants to give us an abundant life. A life of fullness, not just to survive day after day and drag through this world. It's a life of fullness. And he created each one of us with a purpose and a destiny. Hey, remember, if you still have a pulse, you still have a purpose, right? And remember, the Lord doesn't tempt us, but sometimes he allows us to be tested in order to prove our faithfulness to him. And sometimes he tests us to strengthen our faith in him. How do you know how strong a rope or a chain is until you test it by pulling something heavier, right? If it snaps, you know it's not strong enough. Well, how do you know how strong our faith really is unless it's tested? We could say, well, we have great faith. And then a trial or a test comes along and we fold up. Read the story of Job sometime if you're not familiar with him. I mean, the devil's purpose was to destroy Job's relationship with God by tempting him to turn away from God. God told the devil one day, hey, have you considered my servant Job? He said, oh, yeah, sure he loves you. Give him everything he's got. Look, look at everything he's got. Let me at him. Job went through hell, literally went through hell on earth. And the evil one even used Job's wife to tempt Job to reject God by telling him, why don't you just curse God and die? How's that for an encouraging wife? <laughs> curse God and die. Now, Job was suffering. Job was in agony. And for his wife to see her husband in this, she thought, oh, my gosh, it'd be better off if he, if he just died and got out of his misery. But I thought, come on, Mrs. Job, how about a little compassion? Just curse God and die. So the devil's purpose was to destroy Job's relationship with God by tempting him to turn away from God and to curse God. But the Lord's purpose was to allow Job to be tested so he could prove Job's faithfulness to him. There's a big difference between being tempted and being tested, although 
Sometimes it may feel like they're the same thing, but they're not. Let's look at that verse 13 again, please, Chris. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some translations just say deliver us from evil. That's how I learned the prayer as a kid, but I like the translations that read the evil one. Because evil is a spiritual force in our world, but it's also a person. So when we pray this prayer, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones and other people, we pray, but deliver us from the evil one. We need to remember we're praying for protection against a person. It's not just a spiritual force. force. It's a person. The evil one is referred to over 35 times in the Bible as Satan, which means adversary. He's referred to as the devil over 50 times. That means enemy, accuser, slanderer. So the evil one is our adversary. He's our enemy. He's, he's our accuser. He's our slanderer. He's a, he's de a destroyer. In the, in the book of Revelation in chapter 12, he's called the dragon, and he is lethal. This isn't some sci-fi movie character. It's not some violent video game character we're talking about. The evil one is real. And he's lethal, and that's why we need to put on the full armor of God every day. You can read about that in Ephesians chapter 6 if you're not familiar with it. And pray every day for God to deliver us from the evil one. You know, just like God is always working, like that song we said, he's always working, he never stops, he never stops working. Well, guess what? The evil one's always working too. Like I said earlier, I think he's working overtime. He's putting in a lot of hours lately. I mean, isn't it obvious if we, if we just look around? Things that, that God calls evil is being called good. Things that God is calling good and pure and right is being called evil. So we put on the whole armor, not part of it, the whole armor of God so we can take our stand against the devil's schemes and, and then we stand firm. We talked about being standing firm the other week. Hey, if somebody tried to break into our homes, somebody tried to hurt one of our loved ones, we'd do whatever it takes to stop them, right? Of course we would. Well, the evil one is crouching at our doors trying to get in to destroy us little by little. He just needs a crack. Don't let him in. Keep him out. We may not be able to control what's going on outside of our homes, but we can sure control what and who we let in and what and who we keep out, right? It's just like sometimes you, you get a, a wicked thought and go, wow, where did that come from, you know? And, and the Word tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Says, well, that's not of God. I get rid of that. But it's when that thought stays and dwells and, and we think on it and think on it and then we're even making a plan based on that thought, that's when we get into trouble. Some guy told me once, so just because a bird lands in your hair doesn't mean you have to let him build a nest. You know, so get rid of those thoughts that aren't of God. That's our responsibility as parents, grandparents. That's why we need to pray, deliver us from the evil one. And that's what Jesus prayed for his disciples, including us. In John's Gospel, in chapter 13, that whole chapter is Jesus' prayer. That's what should be called the Lord's Prayer. Because Jesus prays for himself, he prays for those disciples that were with him, and he prays for us 
the future disciples. It says, all those who would believe. Okay? That includes you and me. And it should really amaze us that even though Jesus knew his time on earth was about to end, he wasn't just concerned with his own stuff. He's thinking about all of us. He's praying for us. He's thinking and he's praying for his followers. That, that's amazing. That's amazing love. And that's what he has for every one of us. It's like that song says, amazing love. How could it be that you, my king, would die for me? Even as he's preparing and he knows what's coming, all that pain, all that suffering, all that, that agony that he's going to have to go through, he's thinking about us. And he's praying for us. That's amazing. And he's praying for the spiritual protection of his followers. So let's look at part of Jesus' prayer. John 17, verse 15 and 16. And this is Jesus praying to the Father about his followers. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from who? From the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. See, we're in the world, but we're, we're not supposed to be of the world. That's, that's hard to do sometimes. But if you belong to Jesus, your real citizenship is in heaven, not East Tennessee. We're just passing through this beautiful part of the country he allows us to live in. So don't hang on to the stuff of this world too tightly because it ain't going to last. Look, look how similar Jesus' prayer here in John 17 is to the way he teaches us to pray in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 13, we're taught to pray, but deliver us from the evil one. John 17, verse 15, Jesus is praying, protect them from the evil one. So we're praying for both. We're praying for deliverance and we're praying for protection from the evil one. And when we pray like that, we're praying in agreement with Jesus' prayers. There's power in a prayer of agreement and especially a, a, a prayer of agreement with Jesus because then we know we're praying in God's will. I mean, Jesus gave us this model of prayer so there's no doubt it's God's will. And when we pray, deliver us from the evil one, we're admitting we can't beat this guy in our own strength. And the sooner we realize that, the better. We're admitting our own weakness in this, and that's humility, that's not pride. The Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord, not in ourselves. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not ours. I hope that makes sense. Some of our prayers may not line up with God's will. I'm sure a lot of mine were not God's will, but there's no doubt about this one. Deliver us from the evil one. Jesus gave us that one, so there's no doubt it's God's will. And there's power in praying those kind of prayers, and the devil knows that, and he hates it because he knows that we know this is a powerful prayer. He hates prayers like this because he knows they're in agreement with Christ. But knowing something, actually doing it, two different things. I know how to mow our yard. But if I never get to mow her out, if I never sweat a little, well, lately it's been a lot, sweating a lot. If I don't do that, the, the yard doesn't get mowed. We can have a lot of knowledge about prayer. We can know how to pray. But if we don't take the time to pray, guess what? We won't be delivered from the evil one. 
Jesus told his sleepyhead friends in the garden when he's agonizing about what's coming, he says, keep watch and pray so you don't give in to temptation. He's telling them, stay alert and pray. Be sober-minded and pray so you don't give in to temptation. The evil one wants to destroy us. We know that. But if he can't destroy us, he'll settle for just distracting us. Basically achieve the same purpose. And he'll distract us all the time with Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and a whole bunch of other stuff. And that's just on our stinking cell phones. But if he can keep us distracted with other stuff, he'll keep us from praying. He'll keep us from pursuing our God-given purpose. Remember, still got a pulse, still got a purpose, a God-given purpose. And God has really, really good plans for every one of us. And the evil one has really, really bad plans for every one of us. And he'll use anything and anyone he can to lead us away from pursuing a closer relationship with the Lord. He'll use social media, he'll use TV, sports, movies, drugs, alcohol, toxic relationships. Just plain busyness will get in the way. Even in the church will get in the way of pursuing a relationship with the Lord. I remember back years before we even started Joy, I was promoting concert at Cleveland State and there were three bands from California that were coming through Nashville, and then they're going to Atlanta. And I thought, man, we can, we can get them in between Nashville and Atlanta. That'd be great. Got permission from the school to use their auditorium at Cleveland State. It was going to cost about 3000 bucks. I had $100, so I couldn't pull it off by myself. And I thought, man, there's a million churches in Cleveland. Surely these youth pastors will see the benefit and want to participate uh, by giving a few bucks to make this happen. And one of the biggest churches in town, I called their youth pastor, and I realized they're busy, high-demand job, never returned my call. Called them four or five times. So I thought, you know what? I know they have a Wednesday night meal, and then they have their Bible studies. I'm just going to show up on a Wednesday night and track this guy down. <laughs> and I found him, and he kind of was apologetic. Hey, hey, come to my office, come to my office. I'm really sorry, man. We've been really busy here. I thought, yeah. I know. I said, I just want to talk to you about a, a concert that would be a really good thing for people in Cleveland. And I go into his office, and he's pulling out, he goes in his garbage can. I'm thinking, what is wrong with this guy? He's pulling out all these little post-it notes. Look, look here. Look here. I'm supposed to call this guy. Look here. Uh, I'm supposed to meet this guy. Look here. And I'm thinking, should I be impressed <laughs> with this guy or feel sorry for him? He's so stinking busy. And I said, well, he said, yeah, and our, budget, our budget's over $2 million. And this was 15 years ago. Now the budget's probably over $5 million. And I'm thinking, man, you could cover this whole concert, you know. All I'm asking is for 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And uh, he just said, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we want to do that. I said, okay. Anyway, busyness, even in the church, it's not always a good thing, okay? And Jesus prays, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. We're his ambassadors, right? That's what the Bible says. We're ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors represent a nation or a kingdom. We can't represent God's kingdom here very well if we're too busy or if we just want to get out of here. <laughs> so, well, Lord, I pray the Lord would come back tonight because I'm tired of this. That's, can't represent that kingdom if we're not here. Or if we're too busy, 
God needs his church to wake up and realize we are the ecclesia. We, we are the ruling body here in the earth. And he's given us a really, really important assignment. If you caught the opening video, the Ren Collective, Build Your Kingdom Here, listen to these lyrics. Remember, this is a prayer. Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land, set your church on fire, win this nation back. Oh, win this nation back, Lord. Change the atmosphere. That's what we try to do here every Sunday morning during worship, right? I'm old, but I'm not old, too old to remember a lot of stuff happens in a high school that's not godly. And who knows, there's 15, 1,600 kids going to start coming back uh, in a couple weeks. And I know the conversations, and I know the, the raunchy jokes they laugh at. I know their thoughts and their ideas and the plans they're making and the parties they're going to. And all that stuff is taking place. But we're in here on a Sunday morning saying, you are good, you are good, you know. And we're saying, never, never have we ever walked alone. And there's kids that will be sitting in the seats where you're sitting. And on a prayer walk, we're going to pray over every seat because these kids are dealing with some heavy stuff. It could be the guy's girlfriend found out she's pregnant. It could be one of them's grandmother died last week. It could be the, their parents are getting divorced. It's all kinds of stuff. I, I've never heard about so much anxiety young people are dealing with. It's real, and we've got to pray for them. But the, the verse changed the atmosphere. So my hope and belief is that that's what we do in here on a Sunday morning. And, and, and Rob's grandson's gonna start coming to school here, and, and Jane's grandson just graduated here, and you know, Zarina still, still goes here, and others will be going here. And uh, just, we need to change the atmosphere on this campus. That's why Bobby and I, when we come through those gates, say we enter your gates with thanksgiving, we enter your courts with praise. We anoint the doors before we ever step foot in here to chase out anything that's not of God. And I hope it's making a difference. I mean, the principal of the school appreciates it. So that counts for something. And we're working on our third principal. <laughs> we're still here, so it's the favor of the Lord. But anyway, change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom here. Increase in us, we pray. Boy, may that be our prayer. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church, and we need your power in us. See, we can't defeat the evil one in our own strength. We need Holy Spirit power in us to do that. You made us for much more than this. Boy, I wonder sometimes the designs and the plans and the purposes God had for each one of us, how many of us are really walking in that fullness of what he has? Or, or how many times have we settled for less out of just boredom or laziness or, or whatever? You've made us for much more than this. Sometimes I think we're just scratching the surface of what he's got for us. Awaken the kingdom seed in us. Fill us with the strength and love of Christ. Oh, I like that one. Fill us with the strength and love of Christ. We are your church, and we are the hope on earth. Amen? We're it. There, there's no plan B. 
He's counting on us. He's trusting us. That's hard to believe sometimes that he's trusting us. But that's a powerful song. And it's more than just a catchy, upbeat, fun kind of song. It's a prayer. It's a powerful prayer. We are his church. We are the ecclesia. And we need his power in us if we're going to be the hope on earth, right? What are we doing with our lives when it comes to building his kingdom here? Jesus prayed to his father, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. And then Jesus goes on in verse 17 and 18. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We need to be sanctified by the truth. We, we need to be sanctified by God's word. In another translation, that verse says, make them pure and holy by teaching them your words of truth. Not the words of Dr. Phil or the words of Oprah, but the words of God. Remember, this is Jesus. He's praying to our Heavenly Father about us. And he's saying, make them pure. Those people at Joy Christian Fellowship, make them pure and holy by teaching them your words of truth. Hmm. And here's our assignment. As you sent me into the world, Jesus prays, I have sent them into the world. Jesus sent his disciples into the world 2,000 years ago. And he's still sending his disciples into the world in 2022. And the fact is, Jesus is still praying for us too. Isn't that wild? He's still praying for us right now. It's not on the screen, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, listen to this. It says, Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised from the dead. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. And then look what this, this is on the screen. Hebrews 7, verse 25. It says, therefore he, meaning Jesus, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always, 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 always lives to intercede for them. We're the them. And he always lives to intercede for us. That's, that's crazy. This should give us so much confidence in who we are in Christ. But that's the key. Are we in Christ? Because if you're not in Christ and Christ is not in you, oh, you need to change that. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on eternal life with him. You don't want to miss out on that. Seriously. If you're not sure about all this eternal life stuff in Christ, let's talk before you leave. Jesus already picked up our tab. Right? He already paid for it. Paid in full. He did all the dirty work for us on the cross. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. We have to come to Christ on our own. And I hope you've already done that. If not, you can do it today before you leave. All right. Knowing that Jesus has prayed for us and that he's still interceding for us should really encourage us. He's still praying for us. He prayed for us in John 17, and he's praying for us today. And that should give us the confidence we need as we work for him and we work with him as his co-laborers and help him build his kingdom here. I mean, right here at Joy. What are we doing to help him build his kingdom right here. Let's keep this in mind. 
If Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17 about protecting us from the evil one, and he was praying this during his final hours on earth, it must have been a top priority for him, right? So we must make it a top priority for us to pray for this same protection over our loved ones. We may think protecting our family physically with a gun or something is our top responsibility, but we need to see that as spiritual leaders of our homes, we have an even greater responsibility to protect our families every day spiritually through our prayers. Does that make sense? We need to protect our family and loved ones from the invisible enemy, the evil one. And we do that through intercessory prayer and we keep the evil one out. All right. I'm going to close this out with a song. It's actually a prayer. I'm going to ask you to please stand if you're able. Got plenty of room. If you want to dance, you want to shout, you want to wave a flag, you just want to sit and enjoy it. You got freedom to do that here. And the song is from the opening video, Build Your Kingdom Here. And like I said, it's a prayer that we're going to pray back to the Lord. Treat it as a prayer that we're praying this back to the Lord. It's a prayer that is asking God to do some things in us. And it's asking him to do some things in our nation and to do some things in our world. It's a prayer that will fulfill that request to let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's get up if you like, move around if you like. You all kinds of room here. We're getting a head start on our prayer walk because we're going to fill this room with some praise. We're declaring things into the atmosphere. So let's pray this back to the Lord. And then we'll, we'll close with a prayer. You ready, Chris? Go ahead. Crank it up. Let's go.